Be doers of the word with 657 AM, Sounds of Life. Be doers of the word with 657 AM. This is I Am Live on a Friday evening. Oh my goodness, I hope that regardless of where you are, you are excited enough about the weekend to keep yourself just slightly warmer because winter is creeping up on us. Um, and I, I can imagine that people are, some people are excited because, you know, sometimes, Shal, in winter when you don't have enough or when you're not a person who likes changing outfits every day, winter just makes it easy because you can literally just put on a jacket. You just put on whatever t-shirt and then you wear a nice jacket and jeans and you look good. <laughs> I, I personally, personally, I really love that about uh, winter as well. I, I definitely look forward to it. But anyways, there are many ways to keep each other warm. Uh, one of them is actually to connect with our loved ones, to connect with the people that live with us. Imagine living at arm's length with a person that you cannot even socialize with, that you cannot even, you know, go through winter with. Conversations make winter go by very, very fast honestly speaking. So anyways, with that said, we're heading straight into our discussion and conversation for tonight. So um, put on your thinking caps, Uh, put on your thinking caps, join us for this very wonderful and interesting discussion where we're talking about identity and what molds our identity. Now, I've got a question for you um, as you're sitting at home. What do you define as identity? How do you know when your identity is being changed? For example, when you don't eat well, you know that your weight is going to uh, change. You know that you're going to gain more calories. You know that you're going to weigh more when you weigh yourself on a scale. But now the question remains, how do you know when you are, your identity is taking on a new shape? Do you even know what identity is um, and how, how enough? Do you understand what identity is enough uh, for you to know when it's changing, right? When it's being turned into something different. Now, to, in order to understand what identity is, I would like us to actually look at culture and how we define culture. And then after looking at culture, then we look at identity. Uh, because I found that the definition of culture is actually quite interesting, right? Um, I, I really found it to be very, very, very interesting. Um, and I think it leads us to some clues on how we can understand our identity as a as a people, right? As a, as a people at large. Um, Charles, I'm noticing that your mic is on mute. So if you can hear me, please unmute your mic. Uh, there we go. Uh, you're with us once again. <laughs> Welcome to the land of the speaking. <laughs> uh, sorry, man. I didn't even notice that I mute the mic. Yeah, I also didn't notice actually until I checked here on our on our on our desktop mm-hmm. screen. Now, um, so we'll, we're we're quickly looking at the definition of culture. I found it to be mm. so interesting. Right. Um, firstly. Um, I actually also wanna wanna make sure that I, I I define it in its entirety. So, firstly, it defines it as a culture is a way of life of a group of people. The behaviors, the beliefs, the values, the symbols uh, that they accept. Um, and I also love this one as well. Culture is an umbrella term which encompasses the social behavior and norms found in human um, societies, as well as, now this part is very important, the knowledge, the beliefs, the arts, the laws, 
the customs, capabilities, and habits of the individuals in these groups. So whenever we're talking about knowledge, beliefs, arts, laws, customs, capabilities, habits, those things make up our cultures. So remember last week we were having a conversation about pop culture, popular culture, and how um, culture in its entirety is able to shape our identities. Um, Now, it's important for us to actually to know what exactly does compose or, or make up our cultures. And then um, moving over to identity, because we know that culture is able to shape our identity, um, identity is a bit of a difficult one. So I'm going to read a definition here, Charles, and then I want you and I just to get into uh, what's my personal understanding of identity and maybe get into what you look at as identity, right? The definition says the fact of being who or what a person or thing is. Um, then the example is he knows the identity of the bombers, right? Uh, so when you can identify someone or something. And then a close similarity or affinity, an identity between the company's own interests. This is the example. An identity between the company's own interests and those of the local community. So especially after reading this definition of identity, I am I am beginning to conclude that identity is what sets you apart, what distinguishes you from other people, what makes you unique. Even though you can have certain identifying features that are similar to other people, but when we talk about your unique identity, it's the certain elements and features and characteristics that exist about you that we we that distinguish you from other people. For example, I talk a lot. <laughs> right it's part of my identity um i'm I, I know that i'm an extrovert and Charles is more of an introverted person um and that forms part of our identity but identity as we we saw in terms of culture and how culture is able to influence our identity culture also has to do with the way that you clothe the way that you dress right um the way that you your posture the way that you stand like i know for example um, when I was learning about a lot about beginning to learn a lot about the Afrikaans culture, um, I remember a colleague of mine telling me that when you're selling to an Afrikaans person, you should never fold your arms, especially if they're an elder. Yes. You understand? Yeah. You should either put your arms around your waist or you should stretch them out or some kind of militant manner uh, for you to actually appeal <laughs> appear as respectful. That actually then f- creates an identity within certain individuals. Even when you're standing with your friends, you then end up not putting your arms in your pockets or folding them. Uh, but Charles, what is your understanding of uh, the concept of identity? Exactly that. Something that you would like to be identified as. Yeah. Um, and 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 that is sort of where we we as the modern world uh get totally misconstrued because we think that we can identify certain things and then be those things yeah um and that unfortunately that does not exactly work i'm think you cut a bit there shall um hey man my network yeah it's just a little and it it wasn't very long just a little bit um (sighs) yeah, but you're back you know, now. You're back. We've got the most beautiful scenery in, in Mossel Bay, but the moment when it rains, there's no internet. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. the, the struggles of scenery. 
But uh, there's, there's this guy that's identifying as a woman now and he's competing in the strength activities, strength sports. Yeah. And he's just winning them over. Oh, um, wow. Does that mean he is a woman? Because he identifies as a woman. Mm. No, of, of course not. So within identity, I think there's still certain parameters that we would need to uh, be you you need the community around you to identify you as a certain thing but to a certain degree the community around you also ident- gives you your identity oh um you understand what i mm, mean that so is to, incredible to, i love that yes <laughs> that what you said now i just burst out laughing when you said about you're not you shouldn't fold your arms when you're talking to an Afrikaans person, yeah, I can remember being six years old, ten years old, twelve years old, probably, mm. and my dad would grab me on the elbow and he's like, "Je sal nie so staan as ek met jou praat nie." And I just like, that's the way that we, my son is three years old now, four, going on four years old. Yeah, when he wants to show me that he's annoyed with me or something that happened, he folds his arms. Exactly. Because he's been taught like that, that posture is the posture like I'm fed up and I'm frustrated and this is done. Oh, I see. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. And, and and that's something that the community is, is, is teaching us. You understand? Yeah, yeah. I'm a big, big, big believer, a firm believer actually in that statement. It takes a village to raise a child. True story. Um, and unfortunately, and that's, there's, there's one thing that I've been realizing a lot the, the last couple of weeks, given, and I don't know if you've ever done any research in it. Yeah. But the fact that we as modern Western people believe, uh, we watch movies and, 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 uh, I am she segment touched a bit on it. We watch Hollywood and we watch these movies and we've all been raised with this identity or this identity. Be whatever you want, whatever you want. Yeah, to be that's in true. Life, yeah. You can be that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's unfortunately that is modern philosophy and that's a Western way of thinking. If you preach that message mm. to people in China, if you preach that message to people in the greatest part of the Middle East, most of Asia, they will just laugh and say that is not true at all mm, because you mm. can't be whatever you want to be. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and I just, I unfortunately, and now as a parent, that's where it's sort of difficult because I want to raise my child in a world where I feel that he can be whatever he wants to be. But I do realize that, that I've got certain physical limitations. Um, exactly. I, so I can't be whatever I want to be. I need to... <laughs> I need to fit into what God has created me to be. And the fact is that I very often we like to argue or fight against that. But the moment we fit into the mold that he's created for us, mm. you experience the most freedom you will ever have. Because all of a sudden you realize you're not fighting against the it's all it's almost like this beast trapped in a cage like it's you're not fighting against this cage because you're trying to find where's the opening where's the latch where, what should yeah, i do yeah all of a sudden you're just out there and you're like oh, this is what i should have been doing my entire life exactly i get you mm. yeah no you you really i think what the the point that you raised that really caught my attention is the fact that um your identity is no, you're not the altar always and you shouldn't be you're not the sole architect of your identity 
there are yes. people within your community and people within your, your, your surroundings that influence and shape your identity. And they are the ones that basically tell you without at times even telling you verbally. They are the ones who give you the thumbs up whether something is okay, whether something is acceptable or not. And that's something we should be aware of. First of all, we should be aware of the fact that we are not alone in shaping our identity. Secondly, we need to also understand the fact that that is an okay thing. You don't always need to fight your community and people around you and try to be an absolute individual. There's no such thing. Um, and, you, in, and when you come to the acknowledgement, especially in the time that we live in, because we're very, very individualistic and we have these hashtags and at and handles, you know, we think that we're, we're solely um, uh, or we're 100% individuals and we define our identities. We don't. And this is, that's what brings us to our conversation today, tonight, right? The fact that Hollywood and the music industry does influence our identity. And as we learn that identity primarily is what distinguishes you from other people. So what is it about you, Usbongile, or John, or David, or Carol, or, or Carl, what is it about you that distinguishes you from other people? Is it the clothes that you wear? And, and when you combine those things and bring them together, they make up your identity. Your word selection, the the, the way that you, you, you posture yourself, the way that you dress, the way, your shoes, are they shiny shoes or are they, you don't mind a little bit of mm. dust on them? Um, are you, do you use respectful language or you, do you use language carelessly? Um, even the p- places you hang out, right? Because for the longest time in times past, culture used to be very influential in the clothes we wear. You see it a lot in our traditional practices, right? Uh, for example, if you go to the KwaZulu-Natal, if you go to Gwandebele, if you go to yes. many parts of South Africa, there are certain cultural dress codes that is still exist there that nowadays are even sold internationally. Um, culture used to really, really influence the way that we dress. But nowadays, people dress a lot more to express themselves. Um, and it's not dependent on your your indigenous culture. However... It, is, it does depend on pop culture. Pop culture influences the way that you dress. And believe it or not, pop culture comes. It is birthed from Hollywood and also the music industry. Now, I think it also is important for us to bring the conversation to the fact that nowadays the music industry, and, and believe it or not, you, I think for us living in the millennial era and especially for Gen Zs, you might assume that and, and, and be, be fooled into thinking that the music industry has always been the way that it is now. For example, it is so difficult to come across music without swear words. It is so difficult. Um, honestly speaking, almost every other artist you listen to, almost every other song you listen to, it's swear words, it's insults, um, and not only that, but over-sexualization as well. You might think that it's always been that way, but there was a time where you'd actually struggle to find music with uh, cussing on it or with explicit language or with uh, even skimpy, skimpy-dressed uh, men and women or even songs that spoke about... Um, um, sex, you know, that spoke about being sexual or being uh, promiscuous. Um, I don't know, Shah, I doubt you've watched it, but there's this series called, um, by Marvel, called WandaVision. 
Um, it no, came out. I seen it. Yeah, it's quite recent. It's actually quite good. I, I would recommend it, especially for the family. Uh, but obviously, your kids have to be at least thirteen. But uh, mm. what I loved about it is, you know what they did. What's interesting about it? When the first episode, do you remember that old days comedy that's black and white? Not even Steve Urkel yes, yes. days. Way before, uh, when uh, Charlie Chaplin. Yes, exactly. Um, they started. They actually did the series, and it's it's themed after the 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 way in which the TV industry has progressed over time. So the first episode is actually black and white, and the aspect ratio is. I think it used to be five by three. Am I correct, Charles? Four by three. Four by three. Four by three. Yes, yes. There we go. The old TV screens used to be four by three, whereas now we're used to sixteen by nine. So they even the aspect ratio of the episode. It's black and white and it's four by three even the script is written in the way that sitcoms used to be back in those days um, in american television and the whole concept is that wanda being the main character is dealing with her trauma by using television so she creates a world in which she can exist in a utopia she creates this utopia for herself using olden day or themed after olden day sitcoms um, but now the, the the point i'm getting to is the fact that they 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 each and every episode progresses more and more into modern comedy so they move from olden day sitcoms and then start moving into remember malcolm in the middle yes yes they move to malcolm in the middle then they move to modern day family and the office your mockumentary type uh, sitcom. So the point is, they show you how sitcoms used to be back in the day, and they move towards what they've become. And what what I loved about it is the fact that they even showed. You know how back in the day when they portrayed a husband and wife in bed, they actually used to be on two separate beds. Yes. Yeah. And then <laughs> over time, they then became uh, when t- when b- TV became a bit more progressive, they started showing husband and wife on the same bed. Then they started showing them wearing their underwear. Then they started showing them kissing, and then they started showing them doing the deed and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So the point mm. being. This is what Hollywood has been doing over time. And this is what also the music industry has been doing over time. There are artists that you can go back and try find um, a music of theirs from back in the day. Um, even the ones that were not saved, by the way, even the ones in the secular world. Um, you can try your best to find pictures of them naked or half-dressed. You will struggle. But fast forward to the way we are today and it is literally you struggle to find those that aren't naked you struggle to find music video the one of the reasons i literally don't watch music videos is because literally every other music video is just well especially in the rap industry uh secular rap you literally just find a naked woman dancing on a car or you know um and this is literally what the music industry has become uh now Charles, i'm going to leave it to you for a while just to explain what exactly are the ramifications of what the entertainment industry has become today? What is it doing to young people? Well, we get desensitized to um, to certain stuff. So, unfortunately, mm. what what's happening with the with the modern culture, especially that which you mentioned now, um, when you're in the limelight, when you're an artist performing, be that doing poetry on stage, be that. Uh, Hollywood being music mm. videos, Justin Bieber, whatever. Yeah, you are someone's hero, and they try to be like you. 
Very That's true. the way it is. So the image that you are portraying publicly is that which that person wants to be with and wants to be Become, like. Yeah. But if you're forever portraying someone that's half naked, well built, guys are going to be half naked and well built because they want to be with you. Now in your music videos, you add the skimpy clothing of the ladies dancing with you. Now all of a sudden, you the guys feel that when they wear that look that way, they will have girls flocking, mocking them, whatever, coming all the way, going with them. Yeah. But, so now that has become the norm. Now, unfortunately, in sitcoms and stuff like we said a while ago, pornography used to be uh, just something that wasn't oh, it wasn't mentioned at all. Then all of a sudden, it be started to become mentioned, mm. and then all of a sudden, mm. it became well known that every it sort of it became in 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 sitcoms every guy was watching porn that's that's the way it is true right now the world unfortunately believes that every guy is watching porn every married man is is bored uh in the bedroom so he's watching pornography now that also become the norm that you are sending nude photos of yourself uh Mm. you're sending nudes that sort of started being portrayed in the entertainment yeah, yeah, no, that's true. Um, you you cut a bit there, Shal. <laughs> I'm so sorry, man. Must be the weather. Yeah. So then, well, the next thing that we are realizing, or what I'm realizing, is I'm sitting doing counseling with with thirteen, fourteen, fifteen year old kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's been publicly shamed because their nudes have been broadcasted everywhere. Ooh. Um, you, you you should not. That's not. You're not emotionally intelligent. You're not emotionally able to cope with that because you we we never there's no framework on how to cope with that because that's not something that you should experience at 14 years old firstly if you're 14 years old if i'm 16 17 or whatever age i am and i get me uh nudes by a girl or boy that's 13 or 14 years old i Mm. can go to prison exactly it's a criminal that's child porn um I had a dad in our congregation now which found photos on his son's uh, phone and he was like, dude, you can go to prison for this. Imagine. I can go to prison because I've seen it. Exactly. In my house, you understand? Mm. So that's, and unfortunately, we've become desensitized. We watch the, I don't even want to mention the people's names because we watch their music videos and we think that's the norm. Exactly. Um which mm. it is not and unfortunately no let me rephrase that which it should not be but the it norm. is yeah. the norm currently yeah that's true yeah no i completely completely agree with you hey so i think in essence it is very important just like uh, obatabile was saying it's very important for us to really 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 just look at what the world has become compare that with the word of god that remains pure um and i think one day we'll literally do a conversation where Charles takes us through just how much the word of god has um because i know a lot of people have a lot of doubt as to whether the word of god is still pure whether things have been removed yes. and etc cetera, etc cetera. it's so important for us to understand that the word of god is our ultimate grounder it grounds us in terms of identity i mean for me personally even if Let's say I know that um, there's the, the the word of God in terms of historically. Correct me if I'm wrong, Charles, but it is there's no other book in the world that can compete with how accurate it is geographically, how it can be traced back to building the original scriptures. Um, you know, even if you were to lose every Bible on earth, you'd literally find bits and pieces of it quoted, like in many other books and pieces of entertainment. Uh, but anyways, for me. 
Um, I think I would much rather base my identity and base my my uh, uh, understanding of wisdom on the word of god as i know it today and tell god that i did what i what i had best available to me 